At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOLNLP, I bring our bell number 125.9 the radiator in the back. This is the Rocket Shop, I'm your host Tom Proctor, and second guest tonight is my mustache. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I would like to just also, first of all, apologise to the any sound you can hear in the background. The Arts Right is right next to us, and they're playing the band called Doom Service right now, which, uh, if you can hear, is pretty apneic. Um, well, my mother's mustache, uh, we have uh, Joe Saborin, lead vocal, sounds good, Joe. Not too bad, not too bad, glad to be here. We've got uh, Colin Rook on mandolin, how's yep. good? Pretty good, thanks. Um, Jimmy Cole, the fiddle. That's right, good to be here. And uh, conspicuously absent, we have Jane Wagner on bass. Uh, what, what happened to Jane, guys? She, uh, from what I understand, um, we're not very good at texting. Uh, she fell and she hurt slash broke her wrist, so she's she's uh, down for the count. Effectively useless. <laughs> As a bass player, yes. Yeah. As a person, she's lovely. <laughs> she could hum, I suppose. There you go. You still got that going for it. Definitely. Or maybe she could use her feet somehow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Seems like a new skill to learn for a temporary injury. She's got six weeks. You know, you might as well make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to learn something <laughs> new. <laughs> Um, so you guys are folk, uh, folk fusion quartet, or I suppose a trio tonight. Um, yep. Would you explain what is what is folk fusion? So folk fusion is me trying to avoid having a genre um, of basically saying, well, we have folk instrumentation, and we do really dumb stuff with it. Like we will throw a funk backbeat under things when we can. Um, when when we play not in the studio. Uh, I have a giant pedal board and make all sorts of weird sounds. Um, so basically it was kind of my way of saying I'm going to take folk and just be able to mix whatever else I happen to be listening to on a given Tuesday into it. Okay, so like folk with add-ons? Yes, pretty much. Folk with, with influences outside, very much outside the realm of folk. Exactly. Folk with room to grow. Okay, alright. I, I like that. Maybe that could be the genre. That could definitely be the genre we go for. I think that's going to have to be have to be a thing we put on t-shirts. It could, could be the next album, then. I think that would be fun. Fantastic. Um, I, I said this to the last guest, um, I, I always end up having a bit of a banter before uh, I start talking, and then I realize we're talking about music abstractly, and there's no record for it. So if you guys would like to, <laughs> to kick it off with the first song, so I'm going to actually have a little bit of a listen to, to find out what you guys are about. Very cool. This is a tune called Misty Mountains off our new record called Down From The Door, which you can get on Bandcamp. Alright, take it away.
the mountain There's a feeling deep inside Stirs within me a childlike wonder A million memories I can't hide it feels like home Feels like home. Well, that was wonderful. I love the mand mandolin solo harp. <laughs> Thanks so much. Particular highlight also the fiddle playing was absolutely phenomenal. Um, really wish I brought my moonshine with me. Just <laughs> <laughs> to make this whole thing even more authentic. Um, yeah, wonderful guys. Uh, I say influences. When we went to do the, the new record, um, I went to the guy who did our artwork, whose name is Dave Mahan, who's a fantastic illustrator, and uh, I said, it's called Down From The Door, and um, he said, okay, and I said, make it look Tolkien-y. Like, those were my, my rules, where the, here's a color palette, I guess, and please make it look like it came from a Tolkien book. And he nailed it. There's a wizard on my album cover, which makes me incredibly happy, but also fits what we do. I, I listen to uh, way too much Nickel Creek and the Decemberists and all these storytelling bands and read entirely too much Tolkien. So, kind of seeped into the music a little bit, I suppose. Most definitely. I love the well, to, li to listen to you guys. Um, do you, song-wise, lyrics-wise, do, do you draw a lot from fantasy, or is it, is it more kind of, um, you know, your kind of average day-to-day -day stuff uh, that you draw from, but you just bring in kind of a fantasy setting? It depends on on the moment. At, at times, um, the next tune we're going to do is very much drawn from life experience, um, but I also tend to write very based on fantasy and then based on fantasizing life experience and saying well this is how it felt to go through that uh, and and making it very very grand and using these bigger than us sort of themes to kind of compare to what I've done um, so from a lyric standpoint I, I very much use fantasy as a driving point in various different ways okay yeah. so in your everyday struggles so you kind of uh, to do these big uh, exactly it's like what if I went to the grocery store and there was a wizard <laughs> which I need to write when I get that, that's a new one not entirely <laughs> off not entirely off at all there's a wolf who plays the didgeridoo which I think is fantastic <laughs> but there we go um, <laughs> So, as you said, you just got uh, an album coming out. It is out already. Um, if you go to mymothersmustache.com, uh, oh no, 
Yeah, you can get it there, but you can also get it on Bandcamp if you search My Mother's Mustache. Okay, uh, well tell me a little bit about the recording process and what brought you into the studio and uh, how... So I've heard writing an album, recording albums a little bit like it, but... Uh, not that any of us would know about that being organized, <laughs> but still, can you give that kind of impression? It, um, it definitely did. I, I'm one of those terrible, terrible musicians who uh, I hate everything I record. I'm such a big fan of playing live music because when I get done playing, when we walk out of this radio studio, it's going to be obscure and hard to find and someone's going to have to have a cell phone to like dig it up, right? And so for me, after we walk out of here, this performance is gone and whatever comes next is the next performance and after that it's gone. Recording an album, I have to live with every little thing. And so when we went into it, we went in with this mentality of, okay, we're going to have to live with this. This is going to exist. It's going to be in a pretty packaging. We might as well record it in a way that we can showcase kind of how much the flaws are a part of it. We recorded um, live in a room um, with plenty of mic bleed, kind of like this. Um, we did very minimal overdubbing. We didn't go back and fix anything. We didn't correct any pitches or anything like that. And uh, what we got was this recording that to me sounds like something out of the 60s or the 70s, you know. Um, we, we, I sat with the engineer, uh, Curtis Halley, who did the record, and um, we listened to a Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. We listened to, you know, After the Gold Rush. We listened to um, Astro Weeks by Van Morrison. All of these great folk rock and, and uh, bands that, if they came out today, would be indie bands, without a doubt. And uh, really mixed based on that. Um, to the point where, if you've listened to a bunch of music, you can go in and listen to our record and say, I know exactly what old recording they were listening to when they did that. Um, as to whether or not I feel like I've given birth to this album, uh, it's a year in the making. <laughs> um, I keep kept trying to record it and never quite had the right people to make it sound halfway decent, I suppose, and sound kind of the way that, that I wanted it to. So to finally nail a bunch of people who can do what I want uh, it to sound like on the album, um, it's a big relief to have it out and be able to go on to something new for the next the next record. So, yeah. um, so did, did you uh, take more than one attempt to write this album then? Or create this album? Was this, was this the, the final push, if you will? Or, um, or did you kind of have the album idea in mind and it never kind of came to fruition? I kind of had a bunch of tunes that either had or hadn't been recorded before and put them to tape in a way that I wanted to hear them. There, there are old recordings of tunes like Misty Mountains and um, Amaryllis and Sometimes that are, that are out there as a, a different record with a different band. And um, they're great recordings and, and they're, they were a lot of fun to do. They just are much different from how I hear these songs in my head as I'm writing them. Um, and I think the struggle it was for a long time to let that be and be like, no, no, that record happened and it, it exists and we can't change that. Mm -hmm. um, this record was kind of my way of changing that and saying, no, this fits here in a narrative for this reason and this fits here for this reason. You know? And this is why the Tom Waits cover is justified. All of that, you know, kind of culminated in me saying, 
this is how this goes. It wasn't an attempt to write this record. Everything just kind of happened in a way that I could say, this is this record and it makes sense to me at the very least. A little bit more definitive than, than previously where it sounds a little bit yeah. Definitely, definitely. The last record that I recorded as My Mother's Mustache is all over the place. Um, it, it goes from, you know, folk to punk to like weird math rock in 60 seconds or less, which is cool and I love it. And, and that record, I always listen back and I'm like, we did some weird stuff. However, as a package, Down From The Door is something that we're all really proud of and we really like working on. So that's kind of where it sits for me. Well, uh, let's, let's hear a little something from the album. Very cool. Um, you want to introduce it and tell us a little bit about it before you play? Sure. This is, uh, this is a tune off the record called Sometimes, um, and unfortunately, uh, the lovely young lady who recorded keyboards on this track is not here tonight, um, so Jimmy's going to be doing his best facsimile of an old, an old organ sound. Uh, this is a tune called Sometimes. Alright, take it away.
will drop you dead It's never as lethal as it seems in your head There isn't a climb Thank you. Very crisp. <laughs> um, all right. So um, I read on your bio um, that you wanted to create sonic atmosphere when you play. Now, really, I'm curious to know what what a sonic atmosphere is. I'm assuming I've been experiencing it. Well, you can put it into into further words up your If we've done it right, you've been experiencing it. <laughs> However, um, it is a hard thing for us to do and to know if we've done right. Um, what I'm always out to do is create a space where the music happens. Um, if you listen to bands who I'm really in love with, bands like uh, the Decembrists, for example, not only do you know the story of the song that's going on, but you can kind of get a feel for the place where it's happening, just based on their instrumentation, how they're layering things into, into the music, it tells a story, but it also tells these other parts of the story that you don't get from the narrative of the song. You know, they're telling a story about love lost and a man running off into the forest or whatever. But you feel that forest in the way they're writing it and in the way that they're playing it. And I'm always trying to get that into my music. And whether or not we hit it, I don't know, you'd have to tell us, but um, that's that's what I'm always looking for. It's like this atmosphere that comes along with the music. Based on the fact that I wanted to burst out the moonshine after you turned the song, I think I probably, probably says it all, really. I mean, it very much takes you to a place where you're kind of in a barn in, in the mountains, <laughs> you know, with a pipe, listening, listening to someone play. I mean, that's, I'm assuming that's the feeling you're trying to invoke it. And that's kind of the goal. I, I sat down and watched a movie last night. I watched... Uh, a movie called Hidalgo, which came out years ago, and I'm in love with it because Viggo Mortensen's in it. And uh, by 15, 20 minutes into the movie, which is set during this horse race in the 1890s, I like had gone and poured a glass of bourbon and like rolled through three cigarettes. Was just like, all right, I'm I'm in the mood for this movie. Like, take me to the old west. Take me to where this exists. I love that. And I'd love to have that in my music. And mm -hmm. I, I strive to give that to the audience of like, if we're singing uh, a tune like Ghosts off the record, like I want 
you to listen to that, be able to close your eyes and be like, why does it smell like cigarette smoke and a speakeasy in here? You know, that's, that's just kind of what to me is really important because music is such a cool storytelling tool that if you can get to that point where you've put someone in a place where they're not, to me, that's really powerful and that's kind of my end goal with music. It's interesting you're talking about Tolkien before because it's a very Tolkien-esque kind of uh, storytelling technique, you know. You, you read Lord of the Rings and you feel you are in Shire or you are in um, Mordor or wherever. It's, um, it take, really takes you there with that, that space. Yeah, I think of it as like musical world building almost of like, okay, not only do I know where hobbits live, but also what they eat, what they drink, what they like. I like that, and I want you to feel that when we play music. Um, and uh, so you guys are on tour at the moment, I believe. Is that right? Am I wrong on that one? Nope, we're from, we're from here. <laughs> uh, no, I see, uh, I on your website, and you've got a few down. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We, um, we tend to play out an awful lot. This is what I do. I play music full time. Okay. Um, and so on tour would be a bad way to describe it. More just like perpetually traveling to shows outside of Vermont. Oh, right. Um, okay. So, yeah. I, I, I realize there is a distinct Definitely, definitely. We all, our rule is tour is when you spend more than three days away from your house. Okay. Yeah. So these things are more kind of like you go off and play a gig and then you come back to Melbourne and go off and Definitely, and we may stay overnight at, at a friend's or a parent's house or something like that just to not have to drive three and a half yeah. hours. But certainly not tour as you would as you would hear it said. Do you guys tour often, or is that something that you've not really explored yet? I am in the middle of trying to book tours. I am finding that it is much more difficult, and there's much more to think about when you're doing it than there is when you book a show at the Radio Bean or a show you know, at a place in your hometown. It's a very different sort of thing that you have to take into consideration of, okay, we have to loop back here because, you know, Jimmy's got to go do something on Tuesday, but then we can go back down south. And I'm not good at that logistically. I'm good at playing guitar and singing and writing music. And um, I find it very tedious. So if you're out there and you'd like to help me, (laughs) you should go to our Facebook page and send me a message. A shout out for a manager right now. Definitely a shout out for a manager. If you're if you're there, yeah, we're here. Oh oh folk that can go places. Folk that can go places fast, then uh, please get in contact. Very cool. Um, so um, where are you playing next? Where, where can people see um, up here our next show is uh, we're in Montpellier next weekend at La Puerta Negra. Um, and then our next Burlington show is August 24th at uh, Manhattan Pizza. All right, wonderful. Well, guys, um, thank you very much for coming in. I think we'll talk about one more song. So, um, you guys have killed the same so I've got every Fantastic. We're going to do a bit of a, a cover. Is that an all right thing? Oh, well, cool. Very cool. We're going to do a, a Tom Waits tune that's on the record. Um, this was one of the first tunes we cut after spending a long time on the on the title track the title track took two hours to cut and just like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and we got done with it and we walked outside and came back in and i think we one take this i think we might have gone back to fix one thing and take a second take but um 
this is a tune that's been really uh, important to me. Um, a friend of mine uh, who's, who's passed away since this time uh, taught me this song when I was in high school. And uh, so I have these really fond memories of just sitting in the band room at my high school and playing this song. Um, and it fits so well with the storytelling aspect of what we're doing because um, it's a cover that I have a story about, you know, that I could put on the record. So this is, uh, this is Come On Up To The House by Tom Waits.
just a passin' through. Come on up to the house. Very good. Well, the best death, guys. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much for coming in. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, once again, you guys are at Montpellier. At uh, La Puerta Negra, and then in Man uh, Manhattan, at Manhattan Pizza in Burlington. There we go. Go out and see them. Um, they'll very much take you to the Appalachia, if you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you guys again for so much coming in. Thank you so Thanks much for, for having us. Um, next week we've got uh, the uh, Miss Koi River Band and uh, Don Sheldon with the Valley Stage Productions. Um, everyone have a great evening, and until uh, next week, ciao, ciao.